part 17. Tilt the prism. 72.3 years. According to the data, that's how long we can expect to live on this earth. In this new age, we're becoming ever more dependent on data from our scientists. It's the same in my old trade, marketing, where the numbers game replaced a good look in the eye and a firm handshake a long time ago. Scientists and baseball fans have always been fanatical about statistics. The scientists have to be. We use their numbers to make life easier and more efficient and as the chauffeur of our insatiable drive toward knowledge and greater truth. Philosophers, however, see numbers from a different angle. They tilt the prism to apply the variable of human experience, then watch the light go in a different direction. A lot of us have a Cliff Clavin friend or relative who has shared the Chinese proverb, maybe so, maybe not, about a farmer's life, approximately 72.3 years. In it, the farmer's horse runs away, and his neighbors say, bad luck. The farmer says, maybe so, maybe not. The horse returns with several wild mares to breed, and the neighbors say, great luck, followed by, maybe so, maybe not. The farmer's kid breaks his leg training a horse, and the maybe so, maybe not cycle repeats itself in a pattern as endless as the proverb's fundamental truth. We're surrounded by truths that data says cannot exist, and truth is what makes life worth living. Data tells us that in 1980, the Soviet hockey team had not lost a game in 12 years, that they defeated the United States 10-3 on February 9th, and would crush them again in the Olympics. Two weeks later, the Americans invented a miracle. A fat, three-legged dachshund named Ringo cannot beat six younger, more healthy dogs in a weeder dog drag race on a horse track. But I watched it happen and won three bucks in the process. At some point, new discoveries meet Christopher Booker's seven basic plots and Mark Twain's assertion that there are no new ideas, merely old pieces of glass looked at through a new kaleidoscope. If Twain is right, we have to ask ourselves, if transitions, transitions between ages are really transitions or simply cycles of data that have been forever blowing and flowing with the winds and tides of the earth. We know nasty little organisms that kill humans are not new. Scientists have traced them back to at least 5,000 years ago and documented hundreds of epidemics, scores of which were far worse than 2020's COVID-19. One bacteria known as the plague visited the planet for hundreds of years. From 1350 to 1665, it revisited London every 20 years or so to take 20% of the men, women, and children without invitation. The Cocolitzli virus killed up to 80% of Mexico's indigenous population in the 1500s. The Spanish flu of 1918 took 50 million souls. Smallpox, cholera, yellow fever, it goes on and on. Our souls are no more sacred than those of the past. Yet each age of humans views themselves with what I call the arrogance of infinity, more sophisticated, more woke than ever. That is, till we get the past due notice from Mother Nature telling us all debts, public, private, or otherwise, are payable on demand without further notice.
The fine print of the notice may as well have been printed on Gutenberg's first press. It reminds us that, until a vaccine or natural immunity arrives, we're to follow the same prescription as Queen Elizabeth, the first Elizabeth, from the 16th century. Isolate and wash your hands. Evolutionary scientists and philosophers like to research and debate whether humanity has hit a hard limit in its evolution. I don't know what the debate's about. We've seen the same types of cataclysms and the same human reaction a million times since we learned how to write and set type. According to Mr. Booker, we overcome the monster, then experience comedy, tragedy, and rebirth. We also have a recurring habit of slipping into false senses of security and do so with everything precious, love, freedom, riches. Our habits lead the wise to write timeless parables, proverbs, and moral fables to warn ourselves about ourselves. Odds are, in addition to life's basic challenges, each of us will experience 3.3 world-class calamities in our 72.3 years. After battling the oppressor, dodging the bombs, or isolating and washing our hands, we're left to Booker's rebirth, to pick up the old pieces of glass and rebuild the kaleidoscope, despite incredible pain and hardship. Fate sweeps its path with no equality, no justice, no credit review. FDR's nothing to fear but fear itself speech has become a cliche, but it's as true as ever. We're not afraid of hard work and great challenge. We relish in that. We're afraid of the unknown and of driving old cars. If our clothes aren't chic or our hair isn't done just so, we're afraid of what others and the data might say about us. We fear past due notices before they arrive we lament the ways we could have prepared but didn't. We're the lion and mouse, the ant and the grasshopper, the tortoise, the wolf, and the golden goose. Then, when disaster settles, the pointed fingers of blame come out. The gerrymanders and political dividers who had slithered into hiding return, with old glass in a new can. There are no new stories. It's all part of the cycle. For a moment, though, we pause to tilt the prism. We see and feel the unity that builds during times of shared sacrifice. We turn to the parables, to humor, and to thoughtful kindness more often. We look for and recognize the truths that make life worth living. And for that moment, it's nice.